What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 35 of the Lombard Trucking Show, where we're hauling freight and talking shit from state to state. So glad you could be here. Really wanted to get this one out before the Thanksgiving holiday, give you guys some bullshit to listen to as you're sitting in that ever so amazing Wednesday evening traffic. And while you're out there traveling throughout this holiday weekend, make sure to give those trucks out there some room. And with that, got a great one for you, so let's chop it up. I last left you off. I was in College Station, making my way downtown, walking fast, bases pass, and I'm homebound. Made it home for the weekend, <clears throat> great weekend at home, went to the Longhorns game, hung out at game day. Uh, my business partner and I, we sat down, had a little state of the business meeting, ran a bunch of numbers, and um, without going into like crazy detail because it's kind of annoying and uh, confusing, Things are, uh, we're in the black, let's put it that way. Um, Not just breaking even, we're not in the red. And so for our situation, and with Thanksgiving coming up and everything like that, I'm very thankful and grateful for the work that we have been able to put in. A lot of people have been under different circumstances uh, because these are unprecedented times in the economy, especially in the trucking industry with fuel prices really not budging down from, you know, basically where they've been at right at this point with diesel. I got diesel in Texas when I left out uh, that Monday, I believe the 14th for 439. That was basically the lowest I had seen it retail wise uh, at all since I got my own truck back in April. And it hasn't budged lower from that. It got kind of that low at the end of the summer And then things kind of teetered and shot back up. And now it's kind of come back down because I believe production has ramped back up and it is filling the gaps of that supply. So, hey, we're doing okay here. And that's, uh, you know, that's what I'm pumped about. We're not going out of business. We're going to roll this thing into it. We've got some stuff in the works. Uh, We might be differentiating some freight coming up here. I will keep you guys posted, keep you informed. Make sure you're following along with me. On Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, posts. That's where you can get a lot of daily content, what I'm doing regularly over the road. So with that, left out that Monday, I was blessed beyond measure to grab some of those Walmart self-checkouts from a Walmart in San Antonio. Got those loaded up. Those were headed up to Gravit, Arkansas. Um, Really excited about that. Uh, Any of those Walmart loads come with good rates. So that primed us to have a really good week. Can't, can't complain there. Next up, where are we going from there? So rates, more so than over the summer, have been dropping, bottoming out. And it's been harder to follow and track where the market is hot or not. Just as a little, you know, inside baseball, it does look good still coming out of the Chicagoland area. Looks good coming out of Ohio. But you got to watch out where you're going. And that's what I've been having a hard time because a lot of stuff coming out of Ohio is going to East Coast states, and it's a graveyard for them coming out where they got a lot of stuff that's going into Florida. Everywhere I'm scrolling on these load boards, everything is going to Florida, 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 Florida. And it's like where that sounds fun and dandy going down to Florida, getting out of Florida, like I've mentioned before, is a nightmare. We're talking you can't get dick over $2 a mile. It's insane how there is so much freight going into Florida, but coming out is a nightmare. I mean, it, there must be a lot of trucks down there. I don't know why. But also, we're going to get into some stuff about rates here in a minute. 
So I was searching on a load board, ended up finding one, a really good load coming out of the Joplin area, just north in Lamar, Missouri. It was a bunch of swing sets, actually. And uh, from a brokerage that I didn't even know brokered out loads, you might be familiar with them. Uh, they're called Yellow or YRC. Uh, they're normally an LTL carrier. That's who I called off the load board. I was going from Lamar, Missouri, all the way out to um, McDonough, Georgia, which is just south of Atlanta. So it was a good trip. Got me out of Dodge, you know, got me rolling, got me moving, got me making money. Perfect. Now, I knew the hard part was going to be where I am going out of Georgia because I plan on being home for the holidays. I know this, this job comes with a lot of time over the road, a lot of time away from home. I made it a point that when I got in a truck and I still wanted to be there for as much as I could. I knew I was going to miss birthdays. I know I might not be on deck for some anniversaries. I know I'm not going to be there for some certain life events for people. When it comes to holidays and specifically uh, the big three that I love, July 4th, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. So four, sorry. Those four, you know, I, I want to be able to be there for those uh, because they're important to me. And no matter what you're doing in life, growing a business, having a job, always prioritize those things because like I said, you know, you, you may not be here tomorrow. You have friends who are not here now. You have family who's not here now. So always know that when it comes to this. Nothing wrong with making some sacrifice, but also there's nothing wrong with, you know, making the sacrifice to be with the people you love. But enough of that. So I had to make a plan, make a schedule. I needed to figure out how the hell I was going to get out of Georgia, but not get too far or too out of the way to get myself back to Texas because, you know, I had to, I was trying to keep myself rolling through the weekend which can be difficult, ran into that issue. If you remember listening to last episode, I had to sit myself you know, in Fort Smith for a weekend because I couldn't find shit. So I was searching on load boards at, while I was in the process of that load. And so I mentioned that brokerage last time. Uh, and I forgot if I mentioned their name, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave their name out this time because I don't feel like getting into it. Who knows, maybe they're listening and they'll find out why in a minute. Um, that one brokerage I worked with the other time where the guy kept harassing me, they had something I want. They had two loads that I wanted. And I had sent emails to multiple people who worked there on them. One was the kid who I worked with the first time who wouldn't stop blowing up my phone. He said he couldn't deal with it. He gave me the guy whose lane that it owns. I emailed this guy incessantly because the load had been sitting on the board for more than four days. And when something's sitting on the board like that for more than four days, you should... Number one, I, sh that I should have known that it was a red flag. And that's the thing. There's so many red flags of this place. I, you know, I can't even begin to explain. Finally, I call the guy. Tell him I want to book the load. And the first thing, he picks up the phone. And he's like, you know, hi, blah, blah, blah. Can, how can I help you? And I said, hey, my name's Mike. I'm calling with MC. I give my MC number. And as soon as I tell him who I am, he lets out this big audible sigh. He goes, Oh, like he was fucking pissed that I called. These are the types of people who are brokering freight, who are at, who are fucking over the market right now. You're either getting kids like this, this 23-year-old kid, because that's how old he sounds, or you're getting uh, pushed out to some guy in the South Pacific who has no clue about the freight market at all, and he's just kind of reading from some sort of script 
that the double brokered load is, is, is giving him. So this guy lets out an audible sigh. Are you fucking joking? Like, are you kidding, buddy? I'm, I'm trying to literally make him money. So here's the thing. Being a freight broker is like being in sales. You know, that's the best way to sum it up. You're trying to broker loads. You know, you buy, you get them from shippers, customers, uh, or receivers, and then you, you know, you sell them out to motor carriers. So I'm trying to make this guy money. Load's been sitting up there almost a week. It wasn't going to move. More on that in a second. So, anyways, I end, I we end, we come to a negotiation after I deal with this fucking immature piece of shit who doesn't want to do his fucking job. This was something that shot me down to Baton Rouge. And then from there, it looked like stuff coming out of the New Orleans area, Nylons area, you know, as they say, was pretty good. Um, it was hard to find something going back west from there that paid all right. Um, but I found something that was going right back to where I was at in Georgia. And then something from Georgia that paid very well that took me right, that's going to take me right back to uh, Central Texas. So luckily, and I dealt with a broker who I deal with often. Um, who works for one of the larger brokerages. I got, you know, I got, I basically got a two for one special by booking it. So I got unloaded in Baton Rouge, reloaded in New Orleans, New Orleans at this cool like warehouse at, in this like gritty kind of port warehouse district, uh, picked up some zinc from there. It was metal. And that was going to a metals place in Adairsville, Georgia, been there before cool town. They got a nice quick trip there. If you're passing through. Uh, there's also a Bucky's just north in Calhoun. Got to hit up a Bucky's uh, while I was hanging out the day before I had to deliver that load because basically I got loaded in New Orleans on a Friday that didn't deliver till Monday. So I actually got myself a full reset on my clock. I waited for my next billing cycle to start, so I saved a little bit on fuel, and then I drove up back to Georgia on Sunday. To, uh, got to hang out, got a nice long uh, run in, did 11 miles because I'm running another marathon in San Antonio on the fourth. December 4th, delivered Monday, easy in, easy out at this place called Vista Metals. If you're ever delivering there, drivers, if you're listening, good place, in and out, uh, money. Just show, you know, you could show up early, they'll get you in. Got unloaded from there, and then the load I was taking back to Texas uh, picked up uh, about 100 miles north in Vanor, Tennessee. And that was picking up at a DHL warehouse. And I'm taking this, I'm in transit now, taking this to Midlothian, Texas. It's going to a Target, D.C. And like I said, you know, when I was getting loaded, I should have known as soon as I got this load, as soon as I looked at the rate confirmation, I was going to be headed for some bullshit because I'm picking up from a DHL warehouse and it's going to a Target, D.C. And and as, as I've mentioned time and time again, when it comes to trucking, when you see these big companies, you're going to any big warehouse, any of the big places, they all fucking blow. Any place that has a hundred doors and, you know, dumb appointment times, it's always going to be a big fucking waste of your time. I showed up for that appointment in Venor early. And so, I, and you know, that's fine. I showed up at 1030 for a 1 p.m. appointment. Cool. And then I go ahead. I get the door right at one o'clock, wait an hour. And then the guy calls me, tells me he wrote, he wrote down my appointment number wrong, something that I inserted in, in, a, in an iPad and physically told him person but he messed it up told me i had to switch doors switch doors waited for another hour then i got called to verify if i was in the door they can open the door and read the trailer number by the way because the trailer number is written inside the empty trailer they could have verified that very easily 
didn't at a call. After the phone call, waited another hour. Then I called them. I said, hey, you going to load me? Whatever. Long story short, I was there. I got there at 1030. I didn't live, leave until freaking 4 p.m. We'll see what we're going to get on the other end of this Target DC. Like I said, follow me on Instagram. You'll hear me out <laughs> talking about that stuff. So that brings you up to speed on where I'm at. Uh, like I said, overall, things are going all right. We're making it happen. We might be making some changes soon. We might be leveling up when it comes to the, the trucking world and trucking industry. So stay tuned for that. I'm, I'm looking forward to filling you all in and having you guys follow along with this, uh, with this part of my career. Whether this is your first episode tuning in or not, you kind of get the gist at the previous segment of the podcast. That's the haul and freight part. Now here's where we get into the talking shit from state to state part. We're going to start off right with these brokers. So over the last week and a half, two weeks, as I've been tracking loads, trying to make my moves, I was actually looking at this one load that was going to go from Georgia. And I was going to get this right after I dropped off those swing sets in McDonough. It was going to go up to Traverse City, Michigan. And this would have worked perfectly because there were some more Walmart self-checkouts not far from Traverse City, Michigan, about maybe 90 miles away, less than two hours of a deadhead. And I could have brought those right back to Gravit, Arkansas. And from there, I was tracking loads coming out of the greater Joplin area, something really good going from Neosho back to Temple. And Temple's just north of Austin. Would have delivered on Wednesday. Easy money. Would have worked out perfectly. If you know anything, if you've been listening for a while, nothing's really perfect in the trucking industry and nothing really matches up that way, at least on my end. You start and then you finish, and it's more of an all's well that ends well sort of thing when it comes to leaving out and coming home. Everything in the middle is just a whole big blur, and for some reason, you end up figuring it out by the end of it. But so anyways, Traverse City, Michigan, if you're not familiar, is right at the tippy top of Michigan, not Upper Peninsula part. Uh, but the tippy top of the mitten more towards the northwest side. There's fucking nothing there. I looked at pictures. Looks pretty gorgeous, especially in the summertime. Uh, so not a lot going up there, number one. So it's a it seems it's an odd load for it to go up there. And then there's not a lot coming out. Basically, you're going 150 miles any which way before you could snag really anything, especially if you're just hauling freight of all kinds out of there. I'm sure if you got a flatbed or if you're a, if you got a log trailer, maybe there's some lumber that moves out of there. I don't really know. But just on the general freight side of things, that's what it looks like. But I already had the plug coming out, so that's why I was willing to go up there. As I've mentioned before, I use the load board app Truck Smarter. Those guys are the best out there. I keep it we keep in touch with the people who work there every Friday on a Discord call with other owner operators and all the staff who works out there in the San Francisco Bay area. So I was looking on the load board at that with this load specifically on there, they had what that load should pay based off of historical data, which has to do with the market rate of what that load should pay going from the metropolitan area I was in to the metropolitan area it is going. And it was and it was paying really high. You're talking at the high end, it was paying closer to 350 a mile, which is great. And at the low end, more of 270. And that might just have to do with supply and demand, the weather. Now I looked at the weather. Looked like there was some dicey weather up that way going up. Looked like I could come across some snow, three to five inches. So it's a little bit hazardous. I emailed the broker, put in a bid for it at legitimately the market rate. I should have asked for the highest because that's what I should do. But here I am, you know, typical 
uh, Italian guy raised Catholic, full of guilt. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I go with the uh, fair price. Give it to him like that. Because I'm going up there during this weather. And the load, like I mentioned before with the other guy, this had been up on the board for six days. If somebody's not taking something for that long, there's a problem. I'm going to get into that in a minute. So I go to the guy. I get reached back to. They don't even counter what I want to do. So that's the thing. That should automatically set a red flag. Wait a minute. They heard my bid, and they don't even want to negotiate. This happened last time. Remember I told you that the guy just said, no, thank you. Like he just responded, no, thank you to the bid I had put in for this one load. Didn't even bother to negotiate. So this guy's just like, sorry, we can't do that. And then I go, okay, look, here's what I can come down to. What are you guys looking for? I, now I got to be, now I have to be oh, Kenobi, the negotiator. Just a little Star Wars reference. I got to be the negotiator. He tells me that the lane is paying $1,500. Look, the reason why I try not to get into numbers out here is because when you look at numbers in the trucking industry, you look at these, some of these numbers look very big, especially for the time allotted for them. There's a lot like, there's a lot that goes into what makes a truck run. So where the number's big doesn't mean I'm getting that money. So when you hear about a truck that could gross $250,000 and you say, holy, holy shit, one truck can gross a quarter mil, sure, it'll gross a quarter million dollars. But there's a big breakdown of where all that money goes. Trust me, not just the truck is getting it. And that's why we have big problems in this industry. More on that in a minute. He tells me that the lane's paying $1,500. I can tell you right now, a basic fuel estimate, it, the load itself is roughly going to cost 800 in fuel alone. So it's costing 800 in fuel. It has nothing to do with wear and tear on the truck, driver pay, maintenance, and anything like that. Or just the fact that you're doing the job. You know, you're doing the job. It's not, you shouldn't be doing just a job just to have it pay for fuel. You know what I mean? Somebody needs to be making it out of the end because I can tell you right now, the broker's already been paid. They've already been given the load. They've already scraped theirs off the top. Here's what they're doing. They are going around and colluding with a lot of these loads. Now, I'm not saying that all the big brokerages and every single broker is sitting in this big round table, lighting cigars with $100 bills and shit like that. But overall, at the, at the broker level, that, that's what they are doing. They are colluding to drive down these rates. Now, how are they doing that? And, I, and I'm not the only guy saying this. We've talked about this on the Discord call with other owner-operators with the uh, you know that Truck Smarter host for us. They have mentioned what they've heard from some of their friends who are brokers, that the large brokerages have had small meetings about this, and then any of the other smaller guys, they're feeding off that and doing the exact same thing. So what they'll do is, is they'll kind of fudge everything around, around with this load. So like I, I told you a few things, sitting up there for six days, didn't want to negotiate with me. So they're keeping it up there. What that means is that load is already late. It means the customer already wanted that freight and it should have been there by now. What's happening is the broker is going to their customer and saying, I'm sorry, I can't find anybody to take it. I, don't, I'm, I can't find anybody because of the supply chain issues, because of the driver shortage. That's where you're getting this driver shortage from is these brokers. So what they do is they drive it down to where they plummet it to the absolute bare minimum they can sell the freight for, and eventually it will move for that price because maybe somebody lives up in Traverse City and they're trying to get home and that's it. 
or there's some sort of emergency, anything. Could be any sort of reason. A bigger company needs to keep a company driver rolling. It's a higher mileage load. You know, it's about 800, you know, closer to 900 miles. For some reason, eventually the load will move, but it's going to go late. So that that's where you go with your freight rates. Now, there's other reasons why rates are, go, are, getting, are getting bottomed out, and it has to do with, you know, the flood of the market last year. There were a lot of new authorities that came in, and they were one truck. You know, uh, single truck motor carrier authorities, and when that happened, the, only the big brokerages would sell them loads. And since they were desperate to make money, they would drive down the rates on purpose. That's a that's another factor. But right now, when we should be in peak season, which peak season starts basically end of October, all the way through the holidays, they're doing this on purpose. To take all that shit I just told you. Put it in a nice little box, grab you some Christmas wrapping paper, wrap it up real tight. Maybe even get a little ribbon around there. Bow on top, message will read to the American people from freight brokers. This is my gift to you, the present of the supply chain issues in this country given under the guise of the false narrative of the driver shortage. There you go. There you have it. There it is. Now, one last thing I wanted to touch on before I let you guys go. I was listening to a podcast recently. It's called the Odd Lots Podcast. There was a gentleman on there who gave a very great interview, basically gave a good state of the union about what's going on in the trucking industry. That same gentleman is going to be coming on this show. Can't wait for it. Reason being, he's trying to get this message and this word out there to anybody who will listen. He's trying to cast the biggest net possible. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I need you guys to share the show because this shit needs to be said. Because there is a reckoning that will happen whether people like it or not if we don't change things. What do I mean? And it has to do with this, quote, driver shortage. Go into more detail when I have him on. But basically, this entire industry is operating off of a churn and burn style system. I have mentioned that the turnover rates are in the 90s percents, some closer to 100 of the turnover rate. When you have that happen, what you have is a lack of professionals in this industry moving your general freight. Now, when you do that, yes, stuff is being moved, but at what cost? You're looking at higher accidents. You're looking at all, all the problems we have that's going on with the, quote, supply chain issues does have to do with not a driver shortage, the turnover. So all the stuff that's in that box that the freight brokers are wrapping up, they're able to do that. And people are accepting that gift because of how this industry is treated. Now, fuck stains like Elon Musk and penis brain fucking Jeff Bozos would like to call this job unskilled labor. And what they mean to say is it's their elitist cocksucking douchebag translation of undervalued. Because if the wheels stop turning on every single truck in America, if they stopped for eight hours every single truck, the shelves of the stores would be empty before you could leave your fucking front door. And that's the goddamn truth. And you know it. And I know it undervalued is exactly what it is. So when you have the turnover in that industry and you don't allow professionals to work in a professional environment, that's where you run into these issues. Take your job. What do you do for a living? Take your place of work. Imagine if the turnover, 90% of the employees were gone every three months and replaced. How efficiently do you think your firm could run? How efficiently do you think an accounting department could run for a large business if 90% of the employees were turning over and you were just getting new accountants every three months having to learn this company and learn the system. Imagine how efficiently that would run. 
Now put that to your entire supply chain. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But hey, that's all I got for you guys today. I'll leave it there. Hopefully I killed a little bit of time during whatever traffic jam you may be in. I know I'm going to be sitting in one soon because I'm delivering south of Fort Worth and I'm going to be having to deal with some Waco traffic. I might have to bite the bullet and take the toll road to get through Austin because that's some white knuckle shit there. So wherever you're at, whether you're sitting on I-84, the Tappan Zee Bridge, I-10 in L.A., Dallas, Fort Worth, Orlando, Miami, Detroit, Baltimore, wherever you might be listening, wherever you're traveling this weekend, please stay safe. Before I let you go, I also want to talk about a few things that I am very, very thankful for. Because even though, through all these issues, you know, as a guy, especially, you know, somebody who's into Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, as a Christian dude, you're supposed to be thankful in all things, even through the bad times. And when you're thankful in all things, things do end up working out. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm praying for. Very thankful for some of the mechanics who've helped me along the way, who've kept my truck rolling. Uh, even though I had a little dilemma at the Peterville dealership, all's well that ends well. Ended up having a good experience just a few weeks ago getting some coolant lines in place. So I'm really thankful for those guys who are out there over the road. Really thankful for my wife, for my family. Without their you know, 100% support, I would not be here. And when it comes to marriage, uh, that's really what I'm the most thankful of all about is that marriage. Uh, to be with somebody, to be in a relationship with somebody who lets you chase your dreams and, want, and wants you to unleash your full potential on the world, that's exactly who, the type of person you need to be with in a life partner. Not everybody's so lucky. Now, I have conversations with a lot of people that say, oh, I, I couldn't let my husband or wife do what you do. I couldn't let them. I, I don't know why you would ever try to hold somebody back from possibly unleashing them to their fullest potential. And for that, I'm the most grateful for, especially. I'm also really grateful for all the people that I've met along the way in this job. That goes to the warehouse worker in Ontario, California. The forklift operators who've sometimes gotten me in and out in a jiff. A certain waitress who works at the Oasis Travel Plaza off 44 in Missouri. She's a hard-working woman. She works double shifts almost every day. She's raising two kids by herself. Her husband passed away a few years ago. Thankful for people like that because they are all over this country. And those, I think, are the people that matter the most. And I think that go unnoticed and unthanked a lot throughout the year. All the people who do work at these truck stops, the ones in the restaurants, the one cooking the food, those people matter too. I'm really thankful for those types of people. So you guys go ahead, get on out there. Enjoy yourselves a fantastic holiday weekend. Hit me up on all the socials, TikTok, IG, YouTube. Follow along with me. We've got some big stuff coming. We're going to be rolling hard in 2023. I want you there. And as always, if you ever want to talk, I'll be here.